Hey, this is Dave Pryor from Leading Agile Sound Notes. Before we get into the podcast, I want to give you an update on some Leading Agile-related things happening at Agile 2017. We're a few days away from the conference, and there's some really cool stuff going on. So at the conference this year, there's going to be a few folks from Leading Agile giving presentations. So Mike Kottmeyer is going to be giving a presentation, Agile Transformations Explained. That's going to be on Tuesday, August 8th at 3.45 p.m. He's also got another session called Faster Food and a Better Place to Sleep, Applying Agile Outside of Software. And that's a really interesting session, so I'd encourage you to check that one out too. Wednesday, August 9th at 10.45 a.m. Also, Paul Argery is going to be doing a session, Avoiding the Pitfalls of Capitalizing Software in an Agile World. That's Tuesday, August 8th at 3.45. He's going to be going through a lot of different accounting-related ideas and concepts that, that are important to somebody who's working in Agile. And Rick Austin is going to be doing a session on portfolio management called Portfolio Management in an Agile World. That's on Tuesday, August 8th at 10. 45. So um, a lot of things going on. We hope you'll be able to come by and check them out. So another thing that I'm going to be involved in at the Agile Conference is a bit of an experiment. One thing that I try to do at events like the Agile Conference is to form a small team of people that I meet with for a daily stand-up every day. I found that having a small group I'm going to touch base with each morning it enables me to be better about setting goals for the day and also to stay focused on achieving them because I know the next morning I'm going to come back and stand with these people and they're going to be like, hey, what's up? Why didn't you do the thing you were going to do? So at the Agile Conference this year, during the first time attendee orientation sessions, at the end of each session, there's going to be an invitation for anybody who's interested to head over to the Open Jam and join a personal accountability team. So what we're going to do is organize folks into small teams that will have a daily stand-up each day And uh, in those sessions that folks will get together and just talk about what they want to do that day at the conference, you know, set their goals, report back the next day on how well they've done at achieving them. And the hope is that it's not just a a good networking opportunity, but it will allow people to have a small support group that they can kind of lean on when they need to throughout their time at the conference. So if you're interested in that, uh, the first time attendee orientation sessions are taking place on Sunday, August 6th at 3.15 p.m. and also 6.15 p.m. And then there is another one on Monday, August 7th at 8.15 a.m. So if you're going to be at the Agile Conference, I hope you'll check that stuff out and I hope to see you there. Thanks. Hey, this is Dave Pryor. Welcome to Leading Agile Sound Notes. We're getting ready for Agile 2017, and Rachel Howard is taking time out of her afternoon. In this podcast, we're going to focus on what you should do to get ready for Agile 2017 if your hope is to get a new gig while you're there. So, Rachel, thank you for taking time out of your afternoon. Hi, Dave. Happy to be here. So, before we get into the main topic, can you explain to the folks kind of what your role is leading Agile and why this is an important question that you would be very expert at being able to answer? Sure. I am the chief cultural officer for Leading Agile. So I head up talent acquisition, um, strategy, retention, engagement, and development for the organization as well as for our clients. Um, I have been specifically in the Agile talent space for over a decade. And this is the 10th conference, uh, Agile, the large Agile conference that I've attended myself. So I guess on many levels, um, I can speak to a lot of points regarding this conference as well as as networking and how to position yourself to be desirable to hire and to meet the people at the different companies that you might want to join. Okay. So let's say somebody's coming to the conference and for whatever reason, they're looking for a new new opportunity. Um, what kind of things do you think that they should do before they get to Orlando? Like, what are the prep things that they need to take care of before they leave the house? 
Well, they absolutely need to do their homework on the organizations that are going to be vendors and sponsors at the conference. Okay. There are going to be a lot of opportunities to talk to people. There's going to be booths set up in the vendor hall, but it's not a one-size-fits-all. There will be product companies there. There will be large Fortune 500 companies. There will be small consultancies. And you need to understand what the market is and what is going to speak to you. What are you interested in? Do you want to work for a small company? Do you want to be a consultant? I mean, what is it that you're looking to do? Because it can get very overwhelming if you just walk in and start going from booth to booth. So not just like, I need a job. I'll take any agile job. I just want to work at an agile job. Right. Um, but something that's going to be challenging and, and fulfilling for a person. And then they could pick the vendors or sponsors that kind of seem to match that. Exactly. And, and make sure if you've zeroed in on a couple that seem to really be attractive to you, that you learn about them. You take time to really understand their product or their business pur- purpose, who they are. So that if you do start trying to engage with them in in hopes of of getting a job with them, they see that you've done your homework and that you're really interested in them personally. And again, to your point, I'm not just going to try to get any old agile job. Yeah, I interviewed somebody a few weeks ago who said that um, the fastest way not to get a job with her was to show up for an interview without having thoroughly researched her and the company. Um, because she expects Absolutely. that you'll just know that. Now, what about um, if I if I was to go into sort of the list of attendees and kind of map out the other people from the company, if I'm interested in company X, like find the other people that are going to be there. Do you subscribe to that whole like go and meet the people at the company and get introduced to it that way as opposed oh, to just banging on the door? Okay. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I'm just a big proponent of networking in general. I really take the opportunity and I encourage people who are attending these conferences to really put themselves out there and not just stay within their own little bubble. Make sure you are eating lunch with somebody new every day when you're in um, sessions that you're really trying to participate um, and be very present in your small group. It's all about who you know. I I don't think that uh, there's been a job in the past 15 years that it wasn't just because somebody knew me and said, hey, Rachel, I have this job. Would you be interested in it? So make make the time to make the connections. You just never know. Okay. Now, what if what if they're going up cold? Are there certain things that they should do or not do? Like if if somebody was just to walk up into you know booth X and be like, "Hi, I'm interested in a job." I mean, my experience is when the people at the booths are generally not the people that can hire you. Is that? Do you I think, think it that's depends. true? I mean, no. You know, in my experience, and I and I started out. Um, being the person working the booth, I mean, it tends to be the HR people. It tends, it tends to be the recruiters. Okay. So they might not have ultimate say, but they are the gateway. Um, okay. And that usually are the people who are staff, who are, are marketing or recruiting. They're close enough that they're the right people to at least have that introductory conversation with. Okay. Um, and I would say when you go up to them, have the list of questions kind of in your head, maybe not on a piece of paper because you might look like a tool, but you know, know yeah. what you want to ask them, sound extremely interested, be knowledgeable about their business. I would say, and also listen to their answers a lot. <laughs> I feel like sometimes people yeah. come up and they're like, I have my list. I'm going to ask you all the questions on my list. I'm going to go as fast as I can so I don't waste your time. And they don't even give you a, t- a chance to like really, you know, give them answers that they're looking for. Right. And I think it's important on both sides to see how easily um, you strike up a rapport with that person. I mean, most people will give you kind of a window into that company's culture. So take that opportunity to 
even have more of a casual conversation just to see if you're hitting it off with these people who are positioned as kind of the face of that organization. And and even if you don't hit it off with them, I mean, they might refer to you to somebody else. They right. might know somebody else because it is it's a small environment, and I think people are you know pretty generally pretty willing to share folks around if they know of somebody good. Um, what about some don'ts? Like, what should people not do? What are the like? What are the Rachel shutdown things that people can do? Um, well, one thing, and I don't know if it's a shutdown thing. It's just that I don't really. I, I don't want you to present me with your resume. I'm not okay. in that situation. Um, one, I think paper resumes are starting to get a little outdated. It's probably going to get shoved in my bag or with all the other conference stuff, and, or it's going to get crumpled. And I'm going to end up asking, if I'm interested, asking you for another one electronically yeah. at some other point. Um, I would say have like business cards made up with your personal information. That's something that's really easy. And I've always found this to be very helpful. If someone gives me their business card, I can give them mine and I can, I just keep a little stack of that. And then at the end of the conference, I go and I look back at all my business cards and start linking into people because that's a big tool that I use to keep in touch with um, professional contacts. And then I'll go, okay. Oh, right. I talked to so-and-so let me link into them and start that conversation. Okay. So that's, um, that's very interesting about the resume. So that's, not necessarily a way. I mean, how how are they going to let you know about their experience and and all their other stuff? Is it through LinkedIn? Yeah, or or getting that contact and saying, you know, I'll touch base with you when the conference is over. Because the reality is, at the conference, you're just going to be making some initial contacts. If somebody's yeah. really interested, it's going to be a much longer follow up conversation. Or maybe you know, and and I'm spitballing a little bit, but. A lot of times I've kind of done things on the fly at these conferences. I mean, if you start really hitting it off with someone, um, this is, you know, this is like summer camp. This is a big event. We're all in this one huge venue for a week. I mean, everybody's right there. But say, hey, can we can we have this conversation over dinner or can we go to have a drink? I'd love to talk to you further. But at the booth probably isn't going to be the time where you're going to be able to sit yeah. down and have that more in-depth conversation because the traffic is just going to be continuous and they're going their attention is going to be divided. But if you really find someone that you connect with or a company that you're really interested in, do what you can to try to get some one-on-one time with the person that, that's there. So you mentioned something I want to follow up on. Do you think people should... If if I was looking for a job and I went to the conference, should I come to it with the expectation that I'm not going to get a job at the conference, but I'm going to get a lead that might turn into a job after the conference? Or do you think people that, do get jobs? And I'm asking you specifically this question, Rachel. Do people get jobs yeah. at conferences? <laughs> there, there have been situations <laughs> where I think people have gotten jobs at conferences. I like do Rachel. not think it like me, <laughs> I do not think it is the norm. And okay. you know, myself, I mean, one of the nice things as you start going to these things, and this is the situation with me, um, you start to build relationships with people and you might not see them more than once or twice a year, but they start yeah. to remember you. Um, as in the, the case of how I came to leading agile, I hadn't seen Mike Kottmeyer in a couple of years, but we'd had already an established connection rapport so when we met up at a conference and he heard that I might be on the market, we were able to immediately have that conversation. But it was a slow build. Um, yeah. And I think that a lot of times when you are looking, um, I think in talent acquisition as well as 
you know, job, you know, searching for the job on either side, it holds true. You have to be okay with the long play because relationship building is the key to any of this stuff. And it's not going to happen overnight. You know, you don't usually propose to your, you know, would be spouse the day you meet them, but you know, unless you're really scary. (laughs) It's really scary. So you have to take some time to see if there's a fit there on both sides. Okay. I want to add one more to it. I've had people that have approached me about gigs at, you know, leading agile other companies I've worked for. And in some cases, I've been very happy to help them and talk to them. And then there's no follow-up. So one thing I want to suggest is that if you're going to a conference and you, you you try to build that connection, Follow up with it because the person, they might be waiting and happy to help and you might drop the ball and then that, and then they feel kind of burned, um, burned by the whole thing. So, no, I agree. So one more question, sort of unrelated, and I'm going to ask it in a slightly different way than I've been asking people. Um, so the conference is a big event It lasts all week long. It's very exhausting. There's lots of stuff that's going on. Um, What I've been asking people is what advice do you have for folks who are attending, you know, for the first time to help them get through the week? But I want to ask you specifically for for women that are attending for the first time, do you have any advice for them on how to get value out of the conference and also have a, you know, a safe and pleasurable time while they're there? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, first, first and foremost, I think people really need to try to be as fearless as they can from a perspective of within the sessions and during the day, really putting yourself out there. I mean, as I'd mentioned before, I mean, sit down with people at lunch that you don't know and and try to engage in conversations, really try to um, be present in the sessions and don't be afraid to ask questions and share ideas and thoughts. Um, I think that, you know, the people who tend to be really quiet and stay isolated or tend to stay with their own friends, they just don't get as much out of it. Um, There's a huge social component to Agile. Um, It's highly collaborative. People, the people who, you know, were at the forefront of the movement um, were very smart and creative and collaborative people. And I think that there's a real community there. So take advantage of that. Um, You know, so much... I think so much learning actually happens even in the hallways. If you see kind of people sitting around and talking and maybe you catch a couple words that are interesting, don't be afraid to, you know, interject and say, you know, can I join this conversation? That sounds interesting to me because I've actually found I probably get more out of those types of conversations than I do out of a lot of the sessions. So just don't be afraid to put yourself out there. A lot of vendors have um, different parties and sponsor things. So, you know, go to those. That's a great way to network, but just don't be afraid to um, take advantage of of the the social aspect. Um, With that being said, a lot of times conferences can tend to have a big, you know, aspect of it is, is drinking. And I think that's, you know, where everyone can have a really good time. I think especially, you know, as women, we are in a more vulnerable place. And I think it's a really good idea just, you know, especially after hours as it gets later to, to have a friend with you. To, a um, wing person, you know, yeah. Not, you have a wing, exactly. Have a wing person. Um, I, you know, these hotels are huge. You know, I mean, they, they're like <laughs> little mini cities sometimes. And, you know, it, 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 it's, you know, dangerous, I think, for, for women to be by themselves late at night. Um, you know, unless, unless you're one of those ninjas out there who can, you know, really <laughs> physically take care of herself, I, 
themselves, which I know I am not, um, I always make sure I have somebody with me. I think it's just just being safe like you would in any environment that you're not familiar with. But cool. I think for the most part, everybody's pretty good people. Yeah. All right, Rach, thanks a lot for taking time out of your afternoon. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing, seeing you in Orlando in a couple of days. Yeah, me too. All right, thanks. Thanks, Dave.